Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to All Starts, Aren't We? A podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings on at Lim Road, giving scrutiny to the online statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Adam Elliott, back again, and I'm joined today by Martin Riley, back again. Martin, how are you, mate? Oh, and, uh, yeah, I'm good. And we also have a new voice today. It's not just us. It's Dan Holsworth. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm very good, mate. I'm very good. I've just come off the line with uh, our interviewer, Ben, who was very good. So I'm looking forward to uh, talking about Swansea on Wednesday. Yeah, it's nice to have a different voice. Um, I've had Jacob recently, but otherwise it's been quite lonely. Me and Martin, I did say on the on the um, review of the Swans, uh, the sorry, the review of the Rotherham game that I wasn't going to be on this, but here I am. So <laughs> they've, they've roped me into doing it, guys. Here I am. They've got like a noose around my neck and they're holding my my mum at gunpoint and my brother at gunpoint. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're here today, of course, to talk about Swansea City, who we play on Wednesday at Ellen Road, um, and. Dan, as he's just mentioned, spoke to Swansea fan Ben Church, who's been on this podcast a few times before, so we'll let you know how that went and listen in right now. Hello, and today I'm joined by Ben Church, football analyst and Swansea fan. Ben, how are you? Good, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, well, you're welcome. So some of our long-term listeners might remember Ben from a previous appearance on the podcast uh, when he was interviewed by John McKenzie in the lead-up to that defining match in Leeds' promotion push under, push under Marcelo Bielsa, the one where... Uh, Pablo scored quite late uh, in lockdown. So, yeah, good to have you back, Ben. Uh, happy times for Leeds fans, I'm sure. Um, so, firstly, as Leeds and Swansea haven't met since that match, um, can you tell our listeners where Swansea are as a club more generally at the moment? Uh, fill us in how the last few years have been for the club. Uh, well, suddenly remember in the year that Leeds got automatically promoted, uh, we were in the playoffs, uh, lost to Brentford mm-hmm. in the semi-final that year under Steve Cooper, snuck in there on the last day with Nottingham Forest dropping out on goal difference. Um, following season then, we battled for automatic promotion under Steve Cooper for most of the year, probably undeservedly, uh, before losing out in the playoff final again to Brentford. Uh, Steve Cooper departed the club. Uh, we brought in Russell Martin to sort of go back to our roots, play more possession-based football. Um, the, you know, his spells of success and periods of pain in his two years ultimately led to two 14th and 10th place finishes, and he's now headed off to Southampton. That's ushered in a big summer of change with Paul Watson coming in as sporting director from Luton Town and he's brought in Michael Duff as manager from Barnsley and now we're sort of going to a more pragmatic approach so sort of distancing yeah. ourselves from Russell Martin's football. Okay fair enough. Uh, how are things off the pitch? Is the club pretty stable? Uh, financially stable. I feel like uh, the fan base never really be too fond of our owners but now we've uh, become a bit more accustomed to them. We've seen a lot of you know pain going on in the EFL. Financial models sort of falling apart so we're just grateful to be in a stable position. That's good to hear, good to hear, okay. So yeah, you said the summer saw quite a big churn in the squad, and I guess off the field as well with Director of Football, Um, but some big notable departures, but some really fun-looking arrivals as well. Um, So how overall, how would you discuss, how would you, sorry, assess Swansea's transfer window? Um, I think there was a lot of politics going on. There was talk of investment coming in from the USA. Uh, Joel Perot had one year on his deal, it locked for a little while, like he could stay and leave on a free, but as Leeds fans know, it didn't end up that way. Um, yeah. I think Paul Watson looked to recruit heavily for Michael Duff's favoured formation of three five two, and that is what he stuck with for the start of the season. But the issue is we had such a torrid start to the season. We're now playing a four two three one, which we didn't recruit yeah. for. 
So the squad does have elements of quality, but it's definitely unbalanced probably in the forward areas. Okay, so in terms of the players that came in, uh, which have which players have made the biggest impact, and I guess which have been the maybe the biggest disappointments? I think Josh Janelli was starting to have a good impact before he got injured for the rest of the season. I think over the season as a whole, the two main uh, players who have had a big impact, probably Charlie Bettino at centre mid. We got him on loan from Arsenal. Some may remember he was at Blackpool last year. Brilliant, creative player that lacks a little bit off the ball, but for his age, superb at this level. And Josh Key, we brought him in at right back from Exeter. Uh, brings a lot of energy at right back, something that we haven't really been accustomed to in the full-back positions in recent seasons, so he's been a lovely addition. Um, more recently, in the last few weeks, uh, after a slow start, Carl Rushworth's really stepped up. He's been putting in Premier League caliber performances, so that's one thing to look out for. He made frustrate leads on in midweek. And Bashir Humphreys from Chelsea has been uh, solid in recent weeks as well. Cool, good stuff. Uh, and in terms of departures, some big sales. Uh, obviously, Perot coming to Leeds and Manning left, I think, in a free. Um, Whitaker went to Ipswich and Obafemi also left. But is it some, some big losses there, do you think? Yeah, definitely big losses. Uh, Manning, Perot being the main two. Perot, at least we had a good fee for him. Manning really hurt losing him on a free because he was one of the best, well, I'd say what best players in the league, let alone best uh, left backs in the league last season. Um, Morgan went to go really stung. I think a lot of our fan base didn't rate him. There was a lot of politics going on when he was brought back uh, early from a loan spell in League One. Um, he really didn't want to come back, so he never really settled in. We rejected a big bid from Rangers of about two million in January, and then proceeded to sell the Plymouth for one million. I think myself and a few other people just called it up. You know, at the time we we had our pants down from Plymouth, and I sort of said, "Look, by the end of the season, he's going to be a five million pound player." He's already probably more than a five million pound player. He's, he's exceeded even my expectations of Plymouth. Uh, and what's especially frustrating is I feel like at the time we sold him thinking, oh, we're not going to play with wingers anyway. We're going to play with wing backs because we started so poorly. We had to switch formation. We're now playing with wingers. And I'll, as I'll get on to a bit later, we're, we're essentially playing with two strikers on the wing. So seeing Whittaker playing so well at Plymouth on, on the wing, is, you know, stings a bit. Um, a couple of more notable ones as well. Uh, Bender, the goalkeeper, went to Fulham, uh, and I was hoping he'd come back in after injury and be our number one when Carl Rushworth returned uh, to, to his parent club after the loan spell. Uh, you know, goalkeepers are coming a premium these days, especially ones who can use their feet. And Encham went off to Turkey, got a good fee for him. He was a high earner, only had one year in his deal at about two and a half million pounds. But we never really replaced him properly in number eight, and we did try to on deadline day, but didn't get anything over the line. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, obviously, we mentioned Pro before. It's just just a bit of a side question. Obviously, he's a big loss because he was one of your main goal threats last year. Uh, and he's been quite a good goal threat for Leeds this season so far, um, settling in. But I'd like to ask you where you think his best position is because the, there's a debate amongst Leeds fans at the moment. Um, yeah, we, we tend to play him at 10 at Leeds at the moment and, and um, Rutter plays as a 9. Uh, and a lot of Leeds fans want to see Pirro at 9 because... He's, he's the better goal scorer of the two. You know, where do you see Perot's best position? And really, it's an interesting one. I feel like the situation at Leeds is definitely different to the situation when we had Russell Martin at Swansea. First of all, um, as you mentioned before the podcast, when we were talking, the style of plays is slightly different now. Um, Leeds probably looked to transition quicker than we did under Russell Martin. It was a more possession-based, slow approach building through the, uh, through the thirds. And it's interesting because Farker um, talks about how oh, yeah, he played ten at Swansea. I mean, he did. But on paper, he was our number nine. He ended up a number 10 because he dropped in and often dragged centre-backs with him. It created space for people to run in behind. Because he's starting at number 10 for you and you've already got um, you know a number nine ahead of him, not really having the same impact. The reason he worked so well at number 10 for us is because he was rotating with other people. So the style of play probably isn't suited to him being a number 10 because the whole point of Perot is you play the ball into his feet, it sticks to him like glue. He's able to turn people for fun and bring others into play. So it's almost as if I'd, I'd probably say having the number nine ahead of him, maybe they don't work well together, him and Rutter. But um, I think he's been hot and cold to you so far, hasn't he? But I think when he's on it, he still has been on it. He is still doing the thing he did at Swansea where he arrives late into the box and he's brilliant with his one first-time finishes. It probably is just a shame that you're not utilising him fully. Because what's brilliant about Pro is how good he is building up play in the championship. He is just better than the opposition. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember watching a little bit of Perot when the rumours were around us signing him and just doing a bit of a scouting thing for the, for this podcast. And yeah, I, I felt like he was quite a good target man at times. Not not in the traditional sense of going to battle with centre-backs, but he could play the ball into him in the kind of half space and he could hold it and turn it and, like you say, lay it off and then get the attack going. He was kind of almost like a false nine, a bit like 
Bobby Firmino at Liverpool type type forward. Yeah. And then the wingers would run past him kind of thing. And I wondered if we'd use him in that way. But it's been interesting that Fark has used Rutter at nine. And I think it's I think it's probably more about the pressing. Because I think Rutter's a good presser of the ball, where Perro isn't such a good presser of the ball. So I think it's more about the pressing. Um, so, yeah, I think that's how it's been done at Leeds. But for, for all the talk of him not being not having a hot season at Leeds so far, he's still putting up the most XG per 90 in the league, I think. So he's still getting good shots away. He's still getting into good positions. So well, he's still up there. It's, so. it's nice to hear he's underperforming because in his first season with Swansea, I think he overperformed quite significantly, which is what put clubs off originally. So he is a good finisher. He, he makes it look easy. Sometimes you see you see him put away some goals. He's like, he should pass it in the net. He's so calm. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah he passed it into net. We've not seen any of those those long range bangers that, that, that sort of goal of the season contenders yet that he was kind of fairly famous for. Yeah, because he had a spell of hitting those in the different range. I'm looking forward to those if they turn up. Yeah, you'll, you'll get a couple eventually, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll get a couple. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Oh, thanks for that. Anyway, that's good. So, just going back to Swansea, um, how does your squad look overall? Do you feel it's like a good level for the league? You know, um, and where does it fit with your expectations? Uh, like I said, there's some quality in and amongst the squads. Probably a bit in balance, as I just mentioned. We've got Jamal Lowe's sort of, you know, sort of a striker. I see him more as a winger, but even technically, say he's a striker playing on the wing. You've got Liam Cullen, who's definitely always been a number nine playing on the wing. Um, Janelli would have been a winger, but he's out for the season. It, it's got to the point now where we're looking at signing Yannick Molassi on a free. If everyone remembers him, 34 years of age, now he's been in the Turkish second division. So that about sums up where we are in terms of our winger department. Yeah, I heard that uh, rumor this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'll be an, uh, to be fair, I'm all for it. It'll be a bit of fun, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah, my ex- expectation of the season, probably mid-table, anywhere from 12th to 18th. I don't anticipate us getting dragged back into a relegation battle simply because some of the teams down there are truly woeful this season. But equally, I think we're far too hot and cold to be looking for a playoff patch either. Okay, fair enough. Uh, in, in terms of results so far, you, you did get off to quite a slow start this season. I seem to remember some talk, I think it might have been you on Twitter actually, um, talking about perhaps stuff moving moving on. Um, however, results sort of turn around in September, roughly. And more generally, I think things are looking a little bit up, aren't they? Um, so how do you feel results have reflected performance levels this season? Um, performances have definitely improved with results. I say that simply because I'd say the first seven games are honestly some of the worst football I've seen in my lifetime watching Swansea. Like, certainly the worst I've seen since getting relegated back in 2017, 2018. Um, this formation really didn't suit the squad at all. It was a 3-5-2. Absolutely nobody knew what they were doing. We had Cardiff away, who uh, we, we won four in a row in the league against Cardiff, and they deservedly ran out 2-0 winners. I think we had our first shot on target in injury time in the second half. Everybody sort of despised Michael Duff after that, and it was quite sad to see, because you could see everything he was saying in press conferences was getting spat straight back in his face. Nothing was working. It came to Sheffield Wednesday at home then. Um it was last roll of the dice if we lost to Sheffield Wednesday because they, they were truly tragic before we we played them. I do really think that would have been it. We switched to a 4-2-3-1. It worked a lot better. You know, Sheffield Wednesday were in the game, but we end up winning 3-0. And then we put four wins together in a row, after uh, including that game. That's how quickly football can change. There's still a lot of fans that are dissatisfied, but um, I think, you know, we're about 17th, 18th. We probably are where we deserve to be right now. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, so we've discussed the big manager change in the summer. Russell Martin leaving uh, for Southampton and Michael Duff coming in. How, how do you think the swap's gone? Um, like in terms of play style and that kind of thing? Well, yeah. Do you think it was a good well, pick? I mean, play style. I think Swansea are spoilt. I say that as a Swansea fan just because we've been treated as some glorious football over the years, some of the managers we've had. So we do have high expectations. There's a tough job to come into. But I don't, I immediately, I think everyone disliked the idea of going back to a more pragmatic style just because typically it's always brought, brought regression to the club. I think Russell Martin still has a fan club in Swansea, people who would take him straight back despite the fact, you know, Southampton's been a bit, you know, he's, he's doing well now, but he looked like he could have been getting sacked at one point this season as well. It was a bit disheartening because I, I keep using the word politics. Swansea's a bit unstable at boardroom level sometimes. He had, uh, Russell Martin had seven wins and two, two draws in his last nine games last season. So we were the form team in the league. He never actually got offered a contract extension because he fell out with the owners some months earlier. So the summer comes along, key players such as Manning, Perot leave. The manager goes as well. And then a new manager brings in a new style of play and then everything's been ripped up again. We've had a lot of that in recent years. We, we just want to continue building something and it never seems to happen. Um, I don't think you'll see many people who'll say Michael Duff needs to go now just because even though he's not a Swansea-style manager, that's not exactly a sackable offence. He needs a bit more time to implement what he wants. But um, I, I think if you could bring Russell Martin back, most people would probably take that, if I'm honest with you. 
Yeah, okay. So do you think there's been a bit of a change in style from the start of the season where you were kind of playing the 3-5-2 and the and you, I think you said you suggested that you start playing like a back four, like four two three one type formation. And has the style of play change with that, that formation change? If you ask Michael Duff that question, he'd deny it. But undoubtedly, yeah, it has changed. The three five two, everything was incredibly direct. We we were pinging the ball forward to people who were not capable of winning first balls. We weren't picking up second balls. It, it was really just clueless. Um, more recently, the back four, though, I still don't know who we are, what we want to do, but when. You do at least see some passing sequences where you're trying to build a little bit more, trying to do things a bit, you know, with a bit more speed. I, I don't know what our identity is exactly, but all I know it is it is better to watch than what it was, even if it's still not great. Yeah. So, so in terms of trying to build the ball up from the back, are you starting to see that a little bit passing out from the back, or is it still fairly direct into the channel type stuff? I think we will go direct when we need to, especially if we're, you know, if a, the opposition's having a high press against us in our own defensive third. But when we have space, yeah, we will look to build. When you've got Mac Grimes in midfield and Charlie Bettino as well at times, you, you can't, you, yeah, you can't, you can't not try and build. I do just think we probably lack certainty in what we're trying to accomplish. It's definitely, you know, it's, it's definitely different to last season where you have Russell Martin or a team who were having 70% possession. We're trying to create high quality chances from finding tight pockets of space in and around the box. We don't really do that so much now. We just try to get forward quicker, not necessarily directly, but maybe down the wings. With you know, Josh Key carries the ball forward quite a lot when he's fit. Jamal Lowe picks the ball up and tries to beat players. We're relying on individual brilliance a bit, and I guess we're just trying to isolate people into one v one situations and see if anything can happen from it. Yeah, how would you say you um you, you set about the opposition when they have the ball? What's your press like or your settled defence? Um, it's a strange one because when Michael Duff was at Barnsley, obviously Barnsley were renowned for how well the, the, they were able to counter press the opposition when you know the, the ball was being turned over. Now we're in a four two three one. We saw it defend in two different shapes depending on how the opposition line up. So the four two three one is how we are on the ball. When we come off the ball, it turns into more of like a asymmetric formation. So if you if you picture say now we'll take Leeds for example. If they had the ball on one side of the pitch, you may have our ball side winger higher up to meet your fullback when you're on the ball. In that situation, then our opposite winger, he wouldn't be as high up on the same line. He would drop back in line with Grimes and Bettino into that midfield three just to swap, uh, stop the switch of play. But then more recently then what we've been doing against Hull in midweek. So Hull were in a 4-2-3-1. This is probably what it'll look like against Leeds because Leeds have the same formation. It was just a flat 4-4-2. So all it was was our wingers... Jamal Lowe and it would be Liam Cullen, I imagine, on the weekend, drop back in line with the midfield pivot. Patterson, who would be at number 10, steps up in line with Jerry Yates, and then that's your 4-4-2. Um, it didn't work against Hull, so there's no guarantee we'll do it again. But uh, that's what that's what we've been doing most recently. Yeah, I watched a bit of your game against Sunderland until you, you had a man sent off after half an hour. So I just watched the up until the sending off. And I kind of thought you were a little bit man for man in that game. You were quite aggressive with Sunderland. So... And then I watched a little bit of your game against Norwich, and again, I thought you were quite aggressive. So I was, I was half expecting you to say you were quite an aggressive pressing team, but like I say, I've just watched two snippets of two matches there. So This is the thing. Sometimes we are, sometimes we aren't. I don't know why. Maybe we just sort of know we can't keep... We're not even much like squad rotation, so wherever we know we can't keep up that pace of just aggressively pressing every single game. Um, when we do it, we lock up. When we lock, we lock all right when we do do it. This is the strange thing. I do just think it's a case of there's some players who are playing every single game because there's nobody to come in for them and they are the attacking players. So maybe we're picking and choosing what teams are doing against. Yeah, I thought it was quite good against Sunderland until you went down to 10 men. I thought you looked fairly dangerous and you took the ball off them a few times and got some fairly good counter-pressing situations. But anyway, so I guess it's in it's in there. Um, so in terms of your squad, who would you say are the players who are most important to the way you play? Or most, you know, the, who would you say need to play well to get a result against Leeds? I'll always say Mac Grimes when someone asks me that question because regardless of how the style of play has changed over the years, he's been a constant. You really notice it when Mac Grimes isn't there. I, I know Leeds fans are a bit surprised whenever they hear people rave about Mac Grimes because of its, you know, unsuccessful stint at Leeds a few years back. But it's, I think he could have had a Premier League opportunity a couple of times. He signed a new contract twice over for us now, so I, I, I think that'll be it now. If he's going to play Premier League football, he'll be with us. So he's probably committed to us. Everything flows through him. If he has a good game, usually we have a good game. If he doesn't show up, usually Swansea don't show up. So Matt Grimes is the main one for that. Carl, Carl Rushworth also, he's been on fire in recent weeks. He's definitely earned us quite a few extra points maybe we shouldn't have got. So if he continues making some of the saves he'd be making, then Leeds, you know, they, they, may, they may have to create quite a few high-quality chances before putting one away. 
Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, Matt Grimes, I mean, it all starts that way. We like Matt Grimes. We think he's a good player. But a lot of Leeds fans <laughs> fell out with him um, a few years ago. Um, what do you think stops him stopped him getting to the Premier League? Do you think it's perhaps like a physicality or yeah, is it just opportunity, yeah. do you think? It's the work off the ball. I feel like he's intelligent enough to know where to stand and when he needs to be pressing, when he needs to be dropping back. I think it is just physicality, like you say. If, if he was more of a ball winner, I think he would have been in the Premier League quite a few seasons ago now. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, cool. Good stuff. Okay. Um, so generally speaking, Leeds do dominate the ball at home, but they do kind of look to generate transition attacks from turnovers in midfield. So it's kind of sometimes through pressing or occasionally through like higher press or sometimes we'll we'll invite the opposition on and then try and counter there that way. How do you think Swansea will engage Leeds in general play or or, or do you think they'll look to avoid these situations and play over the top of Leeds? I think we'd rather sit back and just try and counter just because we know Leeds are going to be better than us. I think Leeds would be wise to let us have the ball, mind you, because there's been quite a few uh, occasions I can remember this season where we've looked to build into midfield and maybe trying to play out wide. One of our fullbacks has already made a third man run. We lose the ball and we're all over the place then. We, we can't transition back to the fence in time, especially with some of the pace you've got. Swansea fans know all about Dan James, assuming he's going to play. He, he can hurt you very, very quickly. I don't. He, he didn't really suit the Premier League in the end, just because technical ability wise, he isn't at that level. But at this level, he, he is a frightening player. I do maintain that. Um, so I think Swansea's preference will be to counter attack. I think Leeds would be wise just to let out a bit of the ball, to be honest, because I don't really see how we're going to break you down. Okay, fair enough. Um, in terms of notable injuries or suspensions, any in this game, any big players missing? Do you think that you know of? Yeah, there's plenty. We got quite a long injury list. So Nathan Woods, England under twenty one international, the centre back, he's still sidelined. Uh, Joe Allen, even though he hasn't played a lot of football, he'll be missing. Um, Azim Abdullah, I know he's a name. Leeds fans won't really know him, but he was an exciting youngster and he was making an impact at the start of the season. But he's uh, gone injury, still a bit away um, from coming back yet. Um, Josh Key at right back, who I mentioned, is one of our better players this season. He only made his return to the team in midweek off the bench, and that was because of injury to Harrison Ashby at right back. So he's our only fit right back right now, but I don't know if he'll play 90 minutes or not. So we could see Harry Darling at centre back as like a makeshift right back. Uh, Josh Janelli, as I mentioned, he's out for the season. And up front, we have Mikola Kukarevich, who will be out for this game as well. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I've heard a few scouting types talk about Nathan Wood. I think he's quite, uh, he's quite, he's fancied by uh, a few. Clubs, isn't he, at the moment? He's a good player. Yeah, I think... He, I don't know if he would have got a Premier League move to start. He definitely would have been like someone to you know, be a prospect for a couple of years. Southampton move on deadline day, fell through, and then he got injured straight after. A lot of Swans fans were fuming because there was, you know, Southampton was supposedly offering 10 mil. But the thing is, it was like 7 mil plus 3 mil in add-ons. And then we have, a, I want to say, 35% or 40% sell-on close to Borough. So we would have only seen about four million of it in the end, and he is worth more than four mil. So I'm not sure what the end game is for Nathan Wood because when we do look to sell him, a, a decent chunk's going to Borough. All right, okay. I hadn't realised he's a Borough player. All right, yeah, okay, that's interesting. Fair enough. Okay, uh, in terms of what's your best guess in terms of the, the lineup for the game? Uh, best guess it would be a four-two-three-one. Uh, Carl Rushworth in goals with Benga Bango and Bashir Humphreys as centre back. Uh, Harry Darling at right back. Josh Tyman at left back. A double pivot of Mac Grimes and Charlie Bettino in uh, midfield. Uh, this is where it gets a bit odd then. So it'll be Jamie Patterson as number 10, Jamal Lowe as a left winger, Liam Cullen then on the right, but he's not really a right winger. He's more of like a right attack in mid, so it's not really like balanced on both sides, if you get me. Normally Josh, well, it would be Josh Key, normally would be the one who gets up and provides the width on the right. In this game, Harry Darling's probably going to be right back. But, you know, I, I can't see our defenders going forward this game. We won't be allowed to. Um, and then Jerry Yates up front. And we don't ask for predictions, but I will ask is where do you think the game will be won or lost? Um, for Swansea, I think any chance we have will be in the quality of our transition to attack. Personally, it'll depend on how aggressive Leeds want to be. Are Leeds going to leave us gaps? For maybe Jamal Lowe would be our best guess to get a run in behind. Um, if I was Leeds, I wouldn't apply too much pressure early on, just because applying that pressure may actually what allows us to break quick and get the odd chance. Um, I would just let Swansea have the ball, if I'm being honest with you. And I do think the quality of Leeds' press, some of the players, they have very good off the ball in that situation. You will create chances that way. Um, I also wouldn't sit comfortably at 1-0 if I was Leeds, though, because Swansea are a bit of a strange team to play against at the moment. I know our numbers aren't great, but even against Hull, we went 2-0 up out of nowhere. We didn't deserve to. We, we, do, we don't look like we're creating anything. We don't have any consistent patterns of play. And the next thing you know, one bit of individual brilliance. And as a goal, it's not consistent, but it's just something to consider. 
Okay, fair enough. All right, um, excellent. Well, thank you for joining us, Ben. Um, where can our listeners find your content? I'll catch you online. Uh, on Twitter, uh, my username's JackArmy underscore. I'll post some stuff about Swansea on there occasionally. Yeah, great stuff. All right, well, thanks for joining us, Ben, and I uh, hope you enjoy the game on Wednesday. Uh, you too. Thanks for having me. All right, cheers, mate. Thank you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That was good again, wasn't it, Dan? How did you find that? Yeah, that was really, really good. Ben was such a good guest. I, I don't know if you guys remember when... The last time Leeds played Swansea, it was that infamous game where Pablo won it at the death for us when we got promoted in, in lockdown. Um, John had interviewed Ben before that game, and I remember being super impressed by him then as a as a, as a guest, and I think he was just as good here. I think you'll all, you'll all agree when you, uh, when you listen to it. So, yeah, good guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can only echo that because I've listened to this podcast myself before I was on it for a while, and he was one of the ones that stood out most, but... Our guests have been particularly very, very good uh, on this podcast this season, and we hope to have more. I think we have one possibly lined up for Borough as well. But yes, we shall dive into the Swansea game, which is the first of two games Ellen Road this week, um, in what looks like a pretty difficult run of games coming up now. So this is the first of them. Um, Swansea have looked to keep hold of the ball a lot this season and have the eighth highest average possession. Uh, Do you think we'll have a battle on our hands to keep hold of the ball? I'll start with you first, Martin. I think it will be an interesting one, um, but I do th- I think at the same time that we probably will come out the victor in the possession battles. Um, I-, I looked over their previous games and in the game against Leicester especially, they it, their possession did drop to a pretty low margin, about 30-odd percent I think it was. So I think they'll be good against the majority of teams in this league at keeping hold of the ball. But I do think, especially with the way we've been setting up our obsession against teams who like to play with ball recently with the man-to-man press, I do think that we will cause some problems and they may want to play it a little bit more direct than what they normally do, which could play into our hands. But who knows, if they're clever and nice to play around our press, it could cause a problem. So it's going to be interesting, this one, but I do think that we probably should win the battle. But it could be a close-run thing at times. And I think it'll just be a point of seeing if Swansea's press is on point. Um, I did note from watching them that they do have quite a good high press. Um, in the game that I watched against Norwich, they fought a goal through some high, high pressing, I think about 10 minutes into the game, which was good. And they got a goal from it. So they, they, they definitely are capable of missing sides. But Norwich has been a bit up and down this season, so... That's maybe one more thing. I found myself watching Norwich very often when I'm watching opposition because they're one of the few teams in this league who don't make you pay full 90s on their website. <laughs> so I'm constantly using the Canaries website. It's actually in my favourites list now because of how often I use that website. It's just so bizarre. And my email inbox is just full like of... Daniel Fart connection. Yeah, exactly. It's just my, my email inbox is full of emails from all these different random club championship clubs because... I've signed up to a lot of different ones trying to get the full 90s and then find out that they charge for them. So, yeah. But, yeah, in regards to the question, I, I do think that we should come out on top in the possession battle in this. Not sure what you think, Dan. You had a good chat with Ben Mott on this one. Yeah, so we, we chatted about this one, and um, he, he seemed to think that Swansea would probably back off from us and, and let us have the ball in this game. If if he felt that our superiority and our player superiority would would tell and we'd probably dominate the ball, um, he did say actually the best way to play Swansea would be to let let them have the ball because he thinks that they're really susceptible on the counter. And obviously we talked about Leeds being quite good at those kind of counter pressing moments and transitional attacks. So he did actually say you know Leeds should let Swansea have the ball and then look to like jump them in midfield. But he did think the game would play out that Leeds would dominate the ball. 
Um, so yeah, same answer to Martin, really. Duff's a really interesting coach. I think he's done very good things at um, Cheltenham prior to the Barnsley job. And I know the Not The Top 20 podcasts were pretty high on him around that time. Obviously, I, I don't watch a lot of Cheltenham and I doubt either of you do as well and, and didn't really get to watch his teams, but they were a pretty good team that he got promoted and, and settled into League One nicely. Then he got Barnsley playing really, really, really good football last season and they were very unlucky not to go up in the end. They lost in the last minute of the playoffs final, didn't they? Which is yeah, pretty heartbreaking. I think his Barnsley team were kind of like quite aggressive as Barnsley have been for a few years. You know, like kind of really aggressive counter press, but he got them playing a bit of football as well at the same time. Like a really nice mesh of the two, I think. So I think he's yeah, like you, I think he's a capable coach. Yeah, he's definitely had to adapt quite a lot to what he's got at his disposal. Um, which is why it's interesting what Ben was saying about uh, the fact that they've kind of changed midway through the season their approach and what they've done, and how to had to like play a bit more like the old Swansea from last season, albeit in a slightly different way in, in terms of the the roles and positions in terms of they play a four two three one now, don't they? And um yeah. What did you make to Swansea from your, your watch um in the end then Martin? Um I I know you've watched a little bit of them as you mentioned. Um and what what have you made of them so far? Yeah, they definitely are. They've um, had some decent results and then some pretty bad ones and they've been pretty inconsistent as the season's gone on. And that tells from some of the stats, but I'll get into that a bit later. But Pagasta had a play, and uh, I think from, from the game that I watched, they were pretty counter-pressy. Um, I think I know they've, like was mentioned in the interview, that they've gone through a bit of a change of style um, with the rest of the season. So maybe this game was before they changed to a more possession-orientated style like they were before Dutch came in. So it's possible that, that it will look a bit different to what, to what I saw. But the stats-wise stats show that they are pretty slow and intricate in their possession and we will look to keep hold of the ball and patiently probe to get to the final third and the one of the teams who are the least direct in the league according to the stats but again I'll go into the full stats on those a bit later on in the next question. Yeah and Dan what about yourself you, did it kind of bear out what you'd watched compared to what, what Ben said? Yeah, so what I watched, like like Martin, I've got access to Norwich TV for, for the same reason. Um, so I watched a bit of the, I watched half the game against Norwich, uh, and I actually watched um, the first thirty minutes of their game against Sunderland, which was quite recent because Sunderland YouTube put the full ninety out. Um, they actually got a man sent off on on thirty minutes. Hence, that's the bit I watched when they had eleven v eleven. And what? And yeah, first thing I thought, oh, they're quite aggressive. They're quite aggressive pressers. And one thing I had noticed is. I wouldn't say they were quite man to man, but they were almost man to man at some 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 stages. And what they tended to do was like a front three would 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 form on three of the back four, and they'd leave the far the far side fullback spare. And then Ben later on described like a like a press that they sometimes do that is asymmetrical. So the left winger will push up against the near side, um, you know, the ball side fullback, and the 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 right winger will drop off into the like midfield line level with Patino and and, and Grimes. It's kind of like an asymmetrical press. Well, they'll, they'll press high on where the ball is and drop off on the other side just to kind of protect against the counter and vice versa. So it's like a seesaw press almost. Um, I thought it was a bit man-to-man. But yeah, he says they do change a little bit, but they have been quite aggressive of late with the pressing. So it kind of matches what Martin has described and what I saw and then what Ben described all match up. So that was nice <laughs> that we all agree. Yeah, I, I think I agree as well. So that is nice. Um, and like I say, Duff is a coach that I've got a lot of time for personally. I know that they've not maybe been as consistent as they'd like to be this season. I think they've been a little bit better since those changes have been made. I think they started the season really, really poorly and, and they've slowly built the way back up a bit. But um, I think they need a little bit more quality. They're, they're to trouble the top half of the table in the coming seasons and it's maybe a bit of a rebuilding job for the time being. But they still do have some really decent players in their ranks and I just wondered who you had picked out. I know there's a few guys I quite like in this team which I might go and talk about in a minute. But Dan, do you want to give a, a stab at some of the players that you, you like first? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always liked Matt Grimes. I know he's not a popular Leeds fans, but he's a good good passing, ooh, ooh. Good passing midfielder. Um, Charlie Patino is a young a midfielder. <laughs> Charlie Patino is a young midfielder that's got a good reputation in the game. I've not seen tons of him. I think I saw half of, of a game when he played for Blackpool last season. Apparently, he's going very well, and uh, and Ben picked him out. So, picked those two out was a good kind of base in midfield. Um Ben also picked out Rushworth, the keeper, who's on loan from Brighton. has has been a real good season, a real good play for them. That young keeper that's making his way in the game, so one to watch. And in terms of players that could hurt us, he said the only real player that we should really worry about is low on the counter. He's quite quick. He can run in behind quite well. He's kind of a winger come centre forward, uh, Jamal Lowe. And he said he's he, he might have some joy on the counter attack. So those are the kind of players that um, that Ben picked out. 
Yeah, and and uh, I think they've got some good centre backs at, at, at Swansea, but they're uh, Kabanga, who's been around for a while, and Nathan Wood, who's currently injured, so he probably won't play at the weekend. Um, they have got Harry Darling as well, who's a pretty decent player. Uh, Martin, anyone anyone you like? Well, first of all, I'd have to echo what um, Dan said about Grimes. I think he's a superb um, championship player. Uh, he's definitely a lot better than what he was when he was at Leeds, and Leeds fans just need to let go. <laughs> really. It's embarrassing at this point. I mean, how how many years ago was that now? Seriously. It's his mum's fault for, for, five, tweeting, six... for tweeting about Leeds in the mean way, whatever she said. <laughs> it was 2016 exactly. 17, so it was a long time ago. Yeah, so six, seven years ago it was. Just let go. Players evolve and get better with time, especially when they're playing week in, week out in the championship. He's got to be good at this level. He's been playing it for quite a lot, long time now. So, yeah, he's a, he's a very good player. Um, he makes him tick in a lot of different ways. He's, he likes to drop deep in between the centre-backs, I noticed, from, in the game against Norwich. So he, he does that quite often. He helps them to build up play from deep. And he's just key to a lot of things which they do um, in ball possession and shot-creating actions. He pretty much does a lot for, for them. It's not just one area. It's not just early build-up where he, where he excels. It's going further forward as well. So he really is someone that we have to keep an eye on. I do hope that we do. Another player who... It's look good to me was Jamal Lowe. That was one which was also mentioned. So yeah, he, he also stood out to me as being a very capable player and who one who can cause us problems, especially in these counter-attacking moments. Um but that's yeah, another one who felt stood out, which is um Josh Key. Um I've, I've, this is on the stats side of things. I just noticed that his stats for progressive carrying and for take ons are all quite high, especially for Swansea in himself. He's got their most um attempted take-ons and also the most successful so he's one who should be watched out for in counter-attacking moments um i'm not sure i think he's been playing in a few different positions yeah, he has. this season so he's so he's been a, a bit all, all around the place but he's played as a, a right back wing back winger so he's back as well so he could be playing in anywhere but he's been very much as, ever, ever present for what's one but He's another one who I've I noticed. I think he's had an injury recently, but he came back in the last game off the bench. Yeah, he's just coming back from injury. Yeah, so Ben wasn't completely certain he'd play the whole game, but he thinks he'd, he'd be involved somehow so at some point. Yeah, um, agree with a lot of your players, guys. I'll add a couple more into the mix. Jerry Yates is a striker that I quite like. I don't necessarily love him, but he's quite a busy striker, puts himself about, runs the channels, and has a decent record at this level for the last few seasons. Uh, Patterson's a pretty decent player at this level, or has been. I don't know how he's got on this season too much, but he's pretty good. I hope they play Jay Fulton in central midfield over uh, Patino, which they did in the last game. I'm not necessarily saying that that's definitely going to happen again, but yeah, he's not as good. It's their pool of centre-backs that's really interesting, really. I think Cabango, Wood, Humphreys on loan from Chelsea, I think he is, especially Humphreys, and then Harry Darling, and I think all of them are, are pretty decent ball players, so they're definitely capable of, of keeping the ball um, fairly well for a team at this level. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll kind of move on to some players where we, we might have a bit of joy out of them I guess and, and I'll just quickly get us off with a couple which is that a lot of the fullback slash wingbacks in their squad are probably more on the side of wingbacks so you've got Josh Tymon who's played more of his career as a wingback mostly for Stoke and then you have Harrison Ashby and Josh Key who are both nominally like right wingback for them um, so it's not likely that they're going to be super, super secure defensively, um, which is obviously a good thing for us, considering we have wingers that can definitely burn them on the counter. I think that that's definitely a possibility, but I don't know if there's anyone else. I also just quit really, really quickly, Carl Rushworth is a goalie and he's from like Halifax or something, so big shout out to Hosty. He probably probably knows a family member of his or something, knowing him. He knows everyone, that guy. So yeah, <laughs> But yeah, is there any, any weak areas for you that you uh, are looking at? I'll start again with you, Dan. Well, just just when you're talking about the defensive numbers, I was looking at the XG against, and they're actually the fourth worst in the division, there you go. according to FB Ref. Um, only Norwich, Plymouth, and Rotherham have considered more XG against. So there we go in that respect. Um, they do have okay XG four numbers, mid table basically. So yeah, they're they're kind of a, a lower mid table team, aren't they? But in terms of the players, now I think we've covered them all pretty well. I've, I mean, I'm not overly worried in terms of player quality compared to our squad and that sounds a little bit arrogant but I, I just think it's the no, way it is really not. yeah yeah I, I, you know I, there's some players in that, that squad that I think oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be quite happy to see Leeds like pick them up and down the line but there's no one 
in terms of overall quality, I don't think it's super hot, is it really? So. No, and decent amount of young players on the bench too. Um, they do seem to use their academy pretty well, which they've been very good at, obviously, for quite a few years now. They've brought three players and then sold them, speaking of one or two, uh, in our team, actually, Joe Roden and Dan James, two of the players that are returning there, which would be quite interesting. But yeah, Martin, is there anyone else you wanted to mention quickly? Yeah, there was just one player which I noticed on the one when I was watching them, which looked to be a, maybe a little bit rash at times um, when carrying out from the back, and that's that um, Bashir Humphreys, who you mentioned. Um, he caught a couple of times when carrying the ball forward in the game against Norwich. So yeah, I, I do think that he is someone who maybe we, if he is playing, we can look to focus that's on him, and that could work. Obviously, he is a young player, so he will have up and down moments, and he's clearly got a lot of quality. But I think he maybe have a few moments where he's a little bit rash, so that is possibly Certainly, yeah. something. But he's Cobham can... Academy, so he's obviously going to be good on the ball. Um, but yeah, Martin, just mm-hmm. quickly before we move on to the lead section, I just wondered what does the data actually say about them? So yeah, I just I have a quick quick dive onto um, the Opta analyst website just to have a look through a few things. So I noticed first of all that they don't at least gone to. The Opta Analyst one, they don't create too much. They've got the sixth lowest XG in the league, and but they have overperformed from this, scoring 15 goals from 12 XG. So yeah, it was an interesting one. But they're also pretty open defensively, sixth worst XG against. But again, they've overperformed this as well, conceding 14 goals from 17 XG against. So they've both been getting lucky in defence and in attack. So they could contribute to them maybe being a little bit higher up tail than what it should be by a couple, couple of positions. And also another little weird quirk on their pieces. They are strong at attacking set pieces and weak at defending set, set pieces. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Um, so they've got the sixth highest set piece XG four with 5.71 XG, scoring five goals from this. And they're the third worst set piece XG against um, conceding 5.84 XG, um, but only conceding three goals from this. So they got a bit lucky from the set pieces and not conceding more than what they should have done. And like I mentioned earlier about their play style, um, I have to say that their play style is heavily weighed towards slow and intricate play. They actually have the lowest speed of attack out of the whole league, only correcting the ball 1.46 metres per second. And to ours, which is the seventh fastest, at 1.84. So they're pretty slow at getting the ball forward. So that could work in our favour at pressing them, especially since we have been quite good at pressing teams, so we could be able to nick the ball off them and attack quite well with how well we have been doing when we have been pressing high. And also they're the second lowest in the league fast breaks, with only 15 fast breaks attacked so far, so that's pretty much attacking moves compared to our 29. So we've got nearly double the amount of direct attacks than what they have. So it's bit high, high contrast in play style um, if you're looking at those numbers. So it should be interesting to see how this goes. I know fans have complained about us being maybe a little bit too slow um, in, in possession at times this season, but we also do attack quite quickly at times. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting... Well, speaking of play styles and how they might match up, that brings me on very nicely to the lead section of this podcast. Um, and I will ask first, I'll ask you this first, Dan. How will we approach this game in possession? Do you expect it to be any different in this game compared to the Rotherham clash? Um, I mean, I think Swansea will have more of the ball than Rotherham, but I mean, Rotherham had, what, 30% of the ball in that game or something? I don't know what it was. It was low. So I think 26. Swan- 26, right, okay. And it was low. So it was, that was kind of ridiculously low, wasn't it? Um, I expect them to have periods where they do keep the ball. You don't have players like Grimes and Patino in midfield and not like keep the ball for some spells. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll get above 40%, but, I, I, you know, 45 to Leeds is 55, something like that would be my guess. Um, I think they'll probably try and play out but I don't think they'll be averse to going direct. You know, this is, you know, like this is a Michael Duff team. So, um, yeah, I think they'll probably try and play a bit, try and draw us out and then maybe try and ping over the... If we if we pressed quite aggressive, they'll try and play over the top of us fairly quickly. That's what we'll try and do. Um, I hope we don't go too hell for leather pressing them too heavy. I'd like to think that we could hurt them with transition. So I'd like to sort of invite them out to midfield and kind of, you know, deploy that kind of aggressive mid-block. Is that that we sometimes... Uh, deploy. I think that would be quite good against someone. I think that could work quite well. Um, so I'll, I would, I would like to see Lee sort of set traps and you know and 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 go at them from that that perspective. That would be my approach and how. And I, I would expect Lee to perhaps have the ball at the back a little bit and try and draw Swansea out as well, like we try and do. Martin, what would you say? Uh, you can answer both if you want in and out of possession. So yeah, well, I would expect us to do pretty much what Dan said there. We will want to try to possess the ball ourselves, but also encourage them to try to get forward a little bit and steal the ball in 
awkward moments to use our pace in, in counter-attack. That's a good thing about us. We find when we've got the ball and we're also even better when we don't have the ball and uh, trying to get forward and in those quick attacks. So I do think that it'll be a mixture of the two and I think we should be able to do pretty well in, in the counter-attacking phase of it. They did look pretty open and Nor- Norwich did cut them open a few times in the game that I watched. So I want us to be able to do similar because we also have similar players to what Norwich do in attacking areas to be able to take advantage of that. And regards to out of possession, I think we'll probably go to the man-marking approach, which we saw in a few different games against Leicester and against Plymouth. I think that we'll continue. We'll, we'll keep Perot sat on primes to try to limit his influence on the game. And we'll look to have Somerville and Routier in the forward press with Camera kicking up onto the other midfielders who drop deep and so, so, so on so far across the rest of the line. Anyone who drops deep to try to receive the ball will have someone following them to try to stop them from receiving it and nick the ball off them and attack ourselves. So yeah, it's I'm, I'm looking forward to this one because I, I do enjoy a good man press as another the answer. Not too much to add from me. I think that you're both pretty much spot on with what you're saying. Um, interesting what you pointed there, out there about Grimes and the role Pirro might have on him. I think it could be quite similar to what he had to do against Winks, um, against Leicester. They're similar kind of midfielders. Grimes is a bit more two-footed for sure, but other than that, they're pretty similar in terms of they're not the most mobile and they can probably be quite easily marked by a player like Perot, even though he's not the quickest himself. It's going to be a lot easier for him to do that task than asking him to really aggressively high press against some midfielders that can move the ball a bit quicker or defenders that can move it a bit quicker. Grimes is not as not as mobile, like I said, so that's good. Um, but yeah, like I, I do think it's going to be a man-to-man high press and it's probably going to suit us more against a team like Swansea. I, I don't want to jinx it, Touchwood, but this feels like a good matchup for us if they do have a little bit more of the ball and we win it off them in good areas. I think that we can turn the ball over and, and you know score from those um, those high regains that we did against Plymouth and I think that could be a really good route to goal for us but at the same time we know what Farker's like I don't really expect him to be too much different in terms of like he'll want to boss the ball a decent amount but I just think that Swansea have enough quality in the field areas that they will probably have a little bit more of the ball than, than like Rotherham have had and even Plymouth in, in those sorts of areas um, so yeah it is pretty interesting in that sense but I, I do think that the quality differential should be a good match up in this game I would say uh, more than usual uh, I probably have jinxed it now though guys um, anyway we shall move on I was going to ask next are there any players we can see having a big impact on the outcome of this game from a Leeds perspective again we'll talk about good and bad players we can go with good first Martin you start so yeah I think there'll be a big impetus on the midfield area to have a good game because a lot of Swansea's best players are in that midfield area um, Tino and Scrimes. So we'll want to make sure our midfielders are keeping track on that. And that also goes to Perot as well, because he's going to be working rhymes in this game if we if they do go with the man-to-man press, which we're expecting. So yeah, I think it's going to be Ampadu and Camera and Perot are going to have a big impact on how we press. And I think that will be a big impact on how this game goes. If we're, we are able to win, win the ball back in good areas, that we will be able to quickly attack and take advantage of them being quite open in transition. That's the way I think. I'm not sure if, if you've got anything different to say on that one. Dan. Yeah, so, so Ben was worried about transitions, really worried about transitions. So straight away, I was thinking Somerville, Dan James. He mentioned Dan James, actually. Um, someone that might, you know, you know, I think for the level, that, that super direct, quick, quick, quick kind of plays in behind might might hurt them. So I think they're a little bit worried about that. So if we can nick the ball off Grimes and, and Patino, like overplaying a little bit and, and, and then counter quick in those kind of half wing spaces that they, they, they run into sometimes, I think we could really hurt them. So... Yeah, it could be a good game for Somerville and James if they start. I presume they will do. Um, you know, and perhaps there's some cutback action for, for Perot. Maybe we'll start to see that as well. Um, yeah, and from my perspective, yeah, I agree with Martin about the midfield battle. I think that's going to be key um, out of possession, but I think in possession, the area to get them is what you've just said there, Dan. I think it's probably out wide. Um, their wingers and fullbacks are quite attack-minded, as I mentioned before, and I think that that means that, that it's pretty much like a good game for Dan James, Somerville and any of those likes of players to have a good game here. Um, I'd even say, I've said this so many times in these previews, but hopefully Jed Spence for, for a good little half an hour at least. But yeah, and um, I'm, I'm assuming players like James, I mean, like I can't speak to the mentality of lots of players, but James, Roden and Perot have a little bit extra to, to give in this game, hopefully because they're against their former employers and that would be very nice to see one of them do well. Um, 
I, again, I'm not going to make prediction on this podcast. We don't do it, but I would hope that Perot could maybe get a goal against his former team. That's always a, a nice little one to have for us, isn't it? Um, but yes, uh, in terms of any of the weaker players, where, where are we expecting, Dan? Is there anyone you're particularly worried about on from our perspective? Um, you've talked about Jamal Lowe and his threat up against any of our fullbacks, and all of our fullbacks are, are completely fit at the moment, for example. Is there a worry there? Yeah, I think so. I think I think he's kind of quite a good direct sort of fast winger come centre forward, isn't he? He kind of plays wide for them, but I think he's he offers a good goal for it. I think he's you know he's, he runs in on goal. So yeah, I think he's he could get in uh, in for them. He tends to play on the left, so he'd be up against Archie Gray. To be fair, Archie, I mean Archie Gray didn't have the best game did he against Rotherham, I don't think, but he was still largely fine. Um, unless you disagree. I'll have to listen to your review. Yeah, I've not listened to it yet. Um, so um, I thought, yeah, actually, I was mostly fine against Rotherham. So I, I guess I'd be, I'm fairly happy with with that. But yeah, there's there is a potential for him to get behind. You know, um, if if Gray's high up the pitch, perhaps. Um, yeah, so that's the big one, isn't it? Really, that's the big worry. And I guess like Yates just just sniffing a chance out. Like I say, he's a busy forward, isn't he? Just just you know, just if we have a sloppy moment on the ball. One of our centre backs, Yates nips in, you know, yeah, that kind totally of thing. I totally agree. I think if, if Grimes and Patino can get free and, and be playing passes into to load, like running into channels in the half spaces, then I'm a little bit concerned. But probably the, the only major concern is that sort of area. If Spence manages to play, I think he should have have a decent, um, you know, sort of game against him potentially with his speed and that, that match against Lowe might be what we need to go for if he's struggling at all. Archie Gray. But he did do an all right job of Mavadidi, so I'm not necessarily to you can play like that then it'll be all right um do you have a little stab at a predicted lineup then um don't know which one of you wants to go first on this whichever one speaks first go i'll go uh so all right go on <laughs> go on. martin go on go ahead you beat me i'll have a second no worries uh so yeah i think obviously melier in goal that's not going to change um then it'll most likely be gray at right back to the bill i think spence will be quite ready yet and then i'm hoping it'll be rodan strauch Centre back. I think Strout came back towards the end of the Rotherham game, so hopefully he's ready to start in this one. And then again, I'm hoping that Byram is also ready, but he may end up going with Serpo just to give a bit more game time. Um, and then in midfield, it'll most likely be Camera and Ampadu. Then going forwards, I would say it'd be probably the same lineup. Maybe a, a low key chance of Nonto going to start in this game. Would like to see it, um, but. I think it's probably most likely going to be James and Somerville, Ruter and Perot. Dan, anything different? Or are we still hoping that Ruter's fine? I know he was subbed off against Rotherham, but it might have just been a precaution. Well, I noticed him holding his side quite a bit in the game. So he's not completely fit, is he? So I think he'll play, but I don't know if he'll play the whole game. It might be similar. Might, we might see an hour of, of return, might we, in this game? And you know, perhaps Bamford or someone um, for the last half an hour. I mean, I'd like to see Matteo Joseph getting a look in. I think he's a talented player, but, you know, that's a side issue. Um, um, I do wonder about... I mean, yeah, I'd love to see Stroik back in because we just saw how much better we were on the ball when he came on, weren't we, against Rotherham. So I'm really hopeful, but I'm not expectant on him. Um, yeah, and like I've got a sneaking suspicion, Nonto maybe showing a bit of form, showing a little bit of an uptick of late. You know, maybe he starts to sneak in there and get, get amongst it a little bit, perhaps. That'd be interesting, but yeah, I think I think I think James and Somerville will start, but I, I, I'm hopeful Nonto will get more of a chance off the bench. Yeah, I think I agree. I think he's shown a little bit more of late. I think that he looked quite lively in that last game against uh, Rotherham. So when he came off the bench, so won't mind him getting a bit more game time. But I don't expect him to start. Um, I'm interested about Pascal because Cooper went off uh, injured, so he probably is going to come straight back in. And probably most interested about left back because it depends on Byron's condition. And I know he's on the bench against Rotherham again, but. He didn't come off it, so maybe Furpo gets another start here and just gets 60 minutes instead of, um, I think he got 70 or 80. I think it was 70 in the last game. So maybe Byron plays a bit, but not the whole game. Who knows? Um, there is obviously the opportunity to have a bit more rotation now in that area, which is probably quite a good thing for both players considering their, their injury proneness, shall we say. Um, but yes, um, I will end this with asking, first of all, what do you expect watching this game of football will look like, Dan? I think it could be quite a good fun game. Um and I think Leeds have got the tools to really hurt Swansea. So we might I think we might enjoy ourselves uh, in this game. I'm kind of quietly confident we're going to be pretty good here, which is perhaps a foolish thing to say. Uh, when I'm going to be but yeah, I think we can hurt them in transition. I think we can we can get the ball and dominate it. Um 
I'm not totally and utterly petrified about their weapon, you know, the, the way they attack us. Um, I'm, I'm not, that's not to say they're going to, they won't score, but I'm not worried about them scoring a handful of goals against us or anything. So I think it could be a lot of fun. And if they do play fairly aggressively in their press, I think it's a reasonable press, but it's not the most fierce press in the world. So I think we could probably play, play around it and, and, and have some joy. So, um, I'm I'm quietly confident for this one. Um, I think we should be okay. Martin, yeah, I'd agree with a lot of what Dan just said there. I do, I do think that it will be a bit a bit of a battle at first, just to work out how good their press is on the day and whether we can play through it. And if we can play through it, then I think we will have quite a lot of joy in this. And even if we're not able to play through their press and they have the ball for periods, we will do a lot of bad damage to them out of possession when we do win the ball back in quickly attacking with the attackers we've got. So yeah, it's going to be a fun game at first, sorted out who's going to take dominance in the first half. And I think as soon as that's settled, then we'll start to see how the game's going to go. Yeah, I think I agree with everything you both said, so I won't add too much. I just think it's um, potentially a good matchup, like I said earlier, for us. I think this sort of team that, that tried to play a little bit and tried to press a little bit might play into our hands, because if they're, they're caught high up, there's going to be a lot of transitional moments, um, more than... More than usual if it's a sort of even game state or um, even a game so where one up. So I think that's that's probably good for us. Um, and where do you think this game will be won or lost? I'll start with you, Martin, this time. I think it'll definitely be won or lost with the press and whether Swansea do decide to go over press. And if they do, then how we deal with that. We have games where we have struggled to deal with a press. Um, thinking obviously of Southampton. Um, I don't think that Swansea is as effective as what Southampton is. Um, but we will see how that goes, and if we are able to cope with it, I do think that we should be fine in this game and do pretty well in this. I think that's the main main key battle. Don't anything to add? Uh, not particularly. No, like I say, I agree with Martin. Now I think uh, I think we'll hit the wide uh, in, in a few moments, and, and we'll cause them some trouble. Yep, I think you need to keep a shackle on them midfielders, and I think if uh, we're talking about pressing, um, high our high press and how that works, I think. If we can engage them and it can work and we can keep Grimes quiet, then yeah, I, I think we can have a bit of joy out of uh, turning the ball over. It's just that I think they do have a lot more players that are comfortable on the ball in deeper areas than other teams down the bottom. That's the only thing that maybe worries me a bit. I think that some of the centre-backs and central midfielders can, can play out of trouble a little bit better than other teams, but they aren't the best side. So it's important to note that there are other ways we can hurt them. So if they do get the ball out, maybe transitions will be the best way. So there's there's a few ways, but yes. Um, I shall end the podcast here um, and do our lovely outro, uh, which I must do before Tom Alderson tells us all off for not doing so. Um, over the last few weeks, we've put out some bonus podcasts on our Patreon, including one from you two. Uh, I just wondered if you two wanted to quickly discuss that. You talked about Charlie Crew a little bit on the Under-21s pod uh, and a few other bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah, we did. We talked about Charlie Crew and we looked at... Um the new manager, well, the new temporary manager situation that we've got there uh, and looked at some of the results and just had a bit of a chinwag around some of the players. It was a, yeah, it was a fun pod to record. Um, we've had no 21s fixtures since then, but I think we're going to, when they get going again, we're going to take a look at maybe Diego Montero next time. So that's something to look forward to as well. Martin, anything to add? I don't know. I thought Dan's covered it there. We had a good chat about, about Charlie Crew and his upsides and downsides. He's still a player very much with a lot of development to do. He's still so young. And in a lot of teams where he's the, the youngest in the squad, he's the youngest in the 21 squad, youngest in the Wales uh, on the 20 squad. So yeah, he's got a lot of development to do, but, but good good listen if, you, if you're interested in the under-21s. Absolutely, shot. and that's not all we've been doing. We've been doing some other bonus stuff during the international break, such as the second, uh, sorry, the another quiz that we did um, and Q&A, which was really, really fun. Uh, so you should go and head on over and check that out because Patreon is a platform where people can pay money to support creators that they enjoy and receive bonus content in return. Uh, we put out a lot of Patreon-only podcast analysis articles as well as some videos that we've done this season and our patrons also get all of our podcasts ad-free plus early access to preview pods such as the one you're listening to right now so it really helps us out uh when you support us and means we can do more content like those so if you are interested and want to access this content you can sign up at martin i want you to go with this patreon.com forward slash asaw so he's on his toes that's good to see um and yes i also wanted to just quickly add we uh trialed redoing some twitter space stuff the other day which 
not many people listen to, but it did go pretty well with me and Martin. We, we enjoyed it and we we're happy to have a little more of a go at that again. Uh, so we shall be bringing that back. I, uh, some of the long time listeners might know that John and Darren in particular used to do these before games, sort of just after kickoff. Um, uh, sorry, just before kickoff, sorry. Um, sort of talking about the lineups and, and what to expect. It's a bit of an extra preview, I guess. So if you are interested, please do check out uh, our Twitter around 10 or 15 minutes after the team news is announced for both sides and we shall be going live then we'll probably do so again this week i'd imagine probably um so yeah uh, that was fun and yeah you should definitely go and and check all of that out on our patreon but yeah we'll be back early next week with a review in fact it'll be back very soon because it's not even early next week very soon with a review of this game against swansea as well as previewing again for a quick turnaround to middlesbrough and this month is going to be a really really busy one so we hope that you have a great time with these next two games all that's left for me to say is thank you to dan you're welcome thank you and thank you to martin thank you as well adam and enjoy the double header that we have at ellen road goodbye and have a great week When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.